Hey, Mons. Hey, Danny. How's it going? Oh, man. Oh, man. It's going. Our second ever podcast, and I'm pretty excited. Episode two, Coffeehouse Blunders. Boom. Drop the mic. Let's get out of here. Done. I feel like one of the things that Star Wars stole from us is the power of just saying episode two, episode <laughs> three. Like, ever, ever since they started naming everything, it's episode this. It's like, you know, but I feel like what you just said was really powerful. I mean, my, I got I got goosebumps. You can't see it. Did you watch the new trailer for episode not eight, no, seven, eight, eight. Oh, when, when did that come out? Uh, well, it's kind of like this new teaser trailer they did. It was maybe this last week. I'll put it in the show notes, but it was pretty epic. It was like a minute trailer. So it wasn't that full on 18 minute trailer. Here's half of the movie, but it was essentially Luke Skywalker just like standing. He's like, hey, right. you know, just like basically the end of the movie. The most epic thing ever for Star Wars fans. It can be just somebody standing there with the wind blowing. Are you a big Star Wars fan? Um, you know, I, not, not really. I, I got into Star Wars a little bit basically when, when they started revamping it. And I, I had seen them when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like maybe I should be shaming myself from like, you know, nerd town. I'm, I'm no longer welcome. But, uh, I just like, I think I had this like weird attitude as a kid where I, I watched the first Star Wars and was like, these are the worst special effects ever. Which and one? Then, episode one or episode like a, four? Episode four, right? Oh. And so everyone's like, no, no, oh. you have to understand, like, in the movie theater when this first came out, it was really great and all this stuff. And I just, like, basically didn't care. Oh. So I was like, oh, this is kind of lame. But then I was also too young. I was too young <laughs> to appreciate. Then I watched it again, and I and I, I think I began to fully appreciate kind of the epicness of it all. Yeah. So um, I would say I'm a, I'm a moderate to, you know – pretty good star wars fan like i mean okay i waited in line and saw the last movie when it came out with some buddies good boy. um so i i am i i lean like the, you know somewhere between 65 75 super excited but i'm not an extreme star wars fan that's just the truth i'm just not it's okay we can still be friends i mean i i was like you it was kind of funny because i was looking up your wikipedia page which we talked about last last episode and uh and we actually realized we're very similar in age which means that we probably saw the re-releases in the theaters when they were coming out in like the 90s and i don't know for me i got really excited around that time and that was before i think episode one two and three which i don't even rewatch at all and i introduced star wars to heather right. she'd kind of seen them on tv or whatever but episode seven was coming out so i was getting real excited and we just rewatched four five six and she really got into them even though in my mind i knew how much they had actually been kind of ruined a little bit so i kind right, of feel right. bad for the nash attack in right. all of your kids, all 18 of them, because they're not going to know even what we saw back then where we were like, yeah, whatever. But now they would really kind of be whatever. I still think they hold up. I still think they hold up. I, I, I like them. Don't get me wrong. I didn't mean to be negative. I mean, I'm, I'm a yeah. I, I, first of all, I loved episode seven. I thought they did a great yeah. job. Yeah. Um, I thought it was just a phenomenal movie. Like, it doesn't matter even if you are into the to the trilogy and 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 the, you know, the overall plot line. I just thought it was really great. Um, they found such a great way to, to tie in like the old feelings of like, of like father and son and like, you know, like the, the family legacies and like the controversy of that with like a completely new different storyline. I just thought it was awesome. They had so many good things. And I think episode three is also really underrated. I think the one where you finally Mm -hmm. see Anakin go bad is as heartbreaking as it is. It always, I think that was a really well done one too. Yeah. So if I had to rank the Star Wars and suddenly we're doing that, I had no idea we were going to on today's show. I would Ever. rank them. 
I would probably rank them Empire Strikes Back, episodes episode seven, and then episode three. Oh, interesting. So just top three. So, ooh, ooh, ooh. Top three. So my favorite Star Wars of all time is not Empire Strikes Back. It is A New Hope because it's where it all began. And in my childhood, I remember just watching them, like, you know, walk through the sand and just the epicness of this of this entire galaxy. You know what I mean? It just really right. kickstarted for me. Um, and then, you know, I think that's tricky. I think I maybe then go Empire Strike Back and then Episode Seven. Um, I mean, yeah. I don't I love Return of the Jedi? Don't get me wrong. I like I like I like almost all of them, and I agree with you. I think Episode Three was a little underrated for what it was. Not that there were some bad parts. I also didn't mind a cl- Clone Wars. Like I also don't yeah, think that Clone it was Wars terrible. Was yeah, yeah, I thought no, it had its yeah, you know, it had its ups and downs. I mean, Episode One terrible, but I mean, still, it, it was what it was. Well, I mean, it feels like we need to have a completely different episode to really break down the ins and outs. Maybe we can just like start to really fight with each other about why one episode is better. But let's <laughs> let's ask let's 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 ask you what's new in your life. The biggest thing I want to hear about is have you been playing Blockus, and if so, where are you at in your progression and eventual obsession with this game? Blockus update 2017, the craze people. So uh, after la- last episode, at the very end, we talked about Blockus and I ran to Amazon, purchased it $14.99. And what's actually interesting is we have this like Tetris link game, which is essentially like Blockus, but Tetris form with all the yeah. same parts. And I got that off of Woot like a long time ago. But Heather and I sat down to play some Blockus and we're like, man, this feels, it felt so familiar for some reason. Right. And as we started playing we're like, I, I don't think we remember how we play. And then she started looking at me. She's like, you son of a B. And then, cause I was like starting to block, but then Blockus <laughs> is crazy because you can just like, and I'm going to just sneak through right here. And you're like, whoa, how did they even yeah. get through there? It's bananas. Now, there's nothing like thinking you have somebody trapped and then they break your soul with like a, like an awkward diagonal motion. And, and you know, all of a sudden your inner, your inner underbelly is exposed for them to take. It's, you know, it's a heartbreaking game. Um, I'm so excited you guys are sharing in this pain, and I cannot recommend it enough. It's super good. We're going to have some people over, and I think like we played two players, so we each had two different colors that we had right. to control, right? which is good, but I think four players where it shines, and uh, it's hard to find two-player games. Heather and I play. Of course, I lost every single game of Blockus, by the way, to Heather. Wow. She's, she's ridiculous at every game. We play Mastermind. Do you guys play Mastermind? Uh, no, we don't. Oh, it's a one-on-one game. It's super good. And there's like colors and you're trying to figure out the pattern. Your kids will hate you forever. Oh, but, I love uh, this. It's great. It's like 10 bucks. Just pick it up on Amazon. Play Anything some Mastermind. My kids will hate me for because I can beat them. Like I know they're thinking, wow, this comes from a, this guy must be a really frustrated chess master, but they don't play chess with me. I, I lose to my kids at so many games and, you know, it's just it, I, I'm getting a little broken about it. I mean, can we share that here? I'm broken right now. I'm a what? broken board game man. <laughs> well, if, it's sad, right? I was in I was in Austin for the holidays, and I have uh, uh, two nephews and a niece, and they also crushed me. Even at Mastermind, they destroyed me. And I'm like, I'm sitting there at Mastermind, you have like these levels, and I was at like seven or eight tries, and they're like, two. And I was like, what? Who are you? Right. <laughs> you know? Oh, I feel, like, I feel like it is ringing a bell now. I still want to... Um, We'll, we'll, I'll check it out. We'll put it in the show notes. But uh, I I feel like now now that you said it that way, where it's about finding the fastest way to do something. Yeah, it's like ma- matching a pattern. So there's one-on-one. So you are playing me. 
you create a pattern, you cover it up. I can't see it. And I have to put these little pegs in and try to match the colors. Uh And And you just give me hints like, yes, one was correct or one is correct, but in the wrong spot. And mm. it's, it's really crazy because one person just sits there the whole time. And the other person is just like frustrated and upset because it's a game of, <laughs> it's just a game of being upset. And then ha- I've never beat Heather ever. We've played like 20 times, maybe 30 times. And every, and I get, I just get up and I leave. I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Stop. This is awesome. That is so awesome. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well, what, um, what else is going on in the world of mods? I mean, we can talk about what's new in Danny's world, I guess. I I kind of feel like I'm in the same spot, you know, right after this running to do some, do some sports stuff with the kids. And, uh, I don't really know what else has been new. I Nash attack soccer, baseball. What's what's Nash attack is playing club baseball. He's on a club team, so they travel and stuff. And so he's, um, he's pretty good. I mean, he's, he's a little guy like me. I grew late. Um, so uh, now I'm kind of a bigger guy, and I always have to remind myself that because I still think of myself as like this, like, you know, really, really small guy. Um, but I kind of had a growth spurt late in high school. Mm. Um, so he's little. So I think some of the stuff that he lacks in terms of power is just like size. And there's some kids that hit puberty early. And at that age, man, like one year makes a huge difference for kids. Like every year is just a massive amount of growth and maturing. Um, so that's Nash. Warner is soccer and he's like the opposite and, and, uh, he, he's doing, he's probably one of the bigger kids for his age for some reason. So how do genetics even work, man? Can somebody explain genetics to me, by the way? Like, can we save that for another podcast? Thank you. I, I'm very confused right now. Um, cause then my five-year-old daughter, Hazel, she's like a fairy. I think she's from the fairy kingdom. Like, I don't even know if she's mine. She's a tiny, tiny person. Um, and is it because she's like three or is it because no, no, it's because she's five. She's, she's five, five and there are three year olds yeah. bigger than her. Oh no. Like her brain is on another level and her, her physical body is, it's, we joke about it and try not to laugh, but she's a, she's a super tiny person. So we had Easter. That was fun. Oh yeah. Um, egg hunt would do anything like that oh we, no actually egg hunted around Walgreens. we had an epic water fight so that's kind of a tradition in my family is that around easter people tend to get water balloons they get some squirt guns and and arizona the weather is usually um for the record in northern arizona where i live we have had snow on easter so we have had like crazy easters where there's it's cold but for the most part you know, Easter is what it represents, you know, philosophically in the in the hopes and dreams of all children around the world. It represents spring, spring eternal, right? It's spring, springs eternal or something. Yeah, it was so, a beautiful day here in Seattle, Washington. It, it, we it was went beautiful outside. Here. It was great, yeah. Yeah, so we had a massive water fight, which I started by driving by in my ATV with my kids, and we threw water balloons at people while they were on their porch having coffee. Oh, my God. It was, it was so awesome. And, like, before we knew it, the entire neighborhood was – was I mean my cousin decked out his Polaris. He basically turned it into like a Mad Max road war vehicle. You know, um, it, it got it got so insane. It was he actually put a fifty gallon drum on the back of his Polaris and then got his pressure washer. So you essentially had a mobile hose. Like because you who, the person who wins water fights. This is a very basic strategy. I don't know if you've ever been a part of an epic water fight that eventually ends with like crying and therapy. 
Like that's, that's the kind of water fight we have. It's the only kind of water fight I know. Right. And it always ends with whoever finds a way somehow, some way to be the home base where people are attacking them at their house. The hose always wins. And so usually you're getting one person to go in kamikaze. They sacrifice themselves to be sprayed in the face and the ears just to turn off the hose. Because once they get it off, then game like, over. Yeah. people are running in and they're storming the castle gates. But this year, it turned into this mobile war rage of water fights because of this Mad Max sort of, you know, pimp my ride attitude that people took to it. And so I could talk about this for a while. As you can tell, I'm super passionate about opportunities to emotionally scar my, my, my younger cousins and my children. I mean, this is a, this is a thing that I do. But um, let's leave that for another time. So if we were asking what's new in Danny's world, that was, that was that new. Amazing. Sounds it's, amazing. It was old and new at the same time. It was so good. I mean, it was a lot different. We had a very relaxing Easter. We went and got massages and walked around the farmer's market. Oh, <laughs> so man. it was great. Oh, man. I yeah. want to be there. It could take me to this place. It was, it was called Seattle, Washington. It's, it's oh. where all of your hopes and dreams come true. Oh, man. And the sun came out for the first time all year. So it was good. <laughs> that was basically Seattle. It was good. It was good. It was really exciting. <laughs> uh, it was a nice walk around. We did some geocaching uh, around. Uh, Heather was on a 30-day streak, so we're finding geocaches every every uh, day for a long time, which is fun. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's, it's super good. And she, she crushed it. She wanted to get her little achievement thing. But I've been back, man. I've been back in the spin. So my last two updates for me before we get into some uh, some some good and bad things. But back in the spin, I'm trying to get back in shape. We have some some holidays, have some weddings this summer. Not my wedding, eventually, yes, but some other weddings attending. So I'm back into the spin classes. And um, and while I'm waiting and I'm on the bus or cycling in or sitting around, I'm also, we talked about Kickstarter last week, and that sparked off another Kickstarter craze. I can't help myself, Danny. I can't help yeah. myself. You know what? Kickstarter's there it, I don't know how to say this, but it was it was invented for people like you. Like it taps mm-hmm. into uh, to like you have. There's so many creative juices flowing, and there used to not be an outlet, and now there's an outlet. You see all these amazing things that people are creating. Imagine you're like water, like water balloon fight, and then on Kickstarter they're like, "Here's the most amazing, you know, water balloon Mad Max." Like I'm a kickstart that. You know what Dude, I mean? You're right. And not only that. Like it, it exists. It actually happened a few years ago because now the reason why these water fights can be so epic is because have you seen these things where you hook up the hose to a to like a nozzle and it fills thirty water balloons in five yep. seconds? Oh, I, I've seen. I almost bought those. I went. You can get them at like Bed Bath and Beyond, and it's just like ridiculous. Yeah. No, it, it oh has turned. Gosh. It has turned things just crazy because now now there's no stopping you. You know. Um, Anyway, but I respect your Kickstarter craze. You know, I know it comes and goes with phases and, um, you know, I don't think we need to have any kind of intervention at this point. I appreciate your time and effort there. So I get, I will, I'll give the updates. I'll put them in the show notes. I did two Kickstarters. I did this December coffee dripper, which is like a colada style dripper <laughs> that you can, you can, you know, you know, I, I, I don't really, know why it just was funny to me the way you said that. That was just, I love that. Go ahead. Sorry. It's great. So they, <laughs> they, they took a pour over coffee, which, you know, I love and it's a colada style. So flat style, but they have it so you can rotate the bottom and, and adjust the coffee flow rate. It's crazy. It's amazing. It's like adjusting the coffee flow rate. Flow rate. I mean, mm-hmm. these are things that people say and, and these people are- do because coffee is amazing. Exactly. That is exactly what happened. So it was a really cool video uh, coming out of San Francisco. December did it. 
I'm really excited about it. And the video is really funny because the guy's just like, why do we care about coffee? And he does that like super fast, uh, like talking, like as the, as the thing scrolls. And he's like, as you can see, I love coffee. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> super good. So that one's going to totally, it's already past its goal. It's good. And then I have been getting back into cycling and spin classes, like I said. And there's a lot of hills in Seattle. And I wanted to find Heather some way of making her bike an e-bike. We did an e-bike in Copenhagen a few weeks ago. And she loved it because she's fine most of the roads, but you get on those hills in Seattle, it's rough. I mean, it's, I mean, I struggle on, I'm running a fix here because I'm an idiot, but, um, you know, I, I found this thing called urban X. You just okay. literally replace the front wheel. It's like 200, 300 bucks and boom, e-bike 15 miles per hour. Just wow. Done. Yeah. It's crazy. And it just, and you don't, no other hardware change outs required. No other remodeling of the bike installs in 60 seconds. That is, first of all, I, I want to see you do it in 60 seconds. Um, <laughs> second of all, that's amazing. No, that's what yeah. that's what they need is they need ways for hardcore. I'm not a hardcore biker, but I know Luke is. And mm -hmm. so to prevent you from having to buy a full new bike and then what? Now you need a bike rack in the garage and now you got four bikes hanging. Well, your wife's not going to put up with that for more than a few years, right? You can't mm -hmm. have multiple bikes for every terrain. You got to find a way to make these bikes more versatile. You you just – that's a transformer. So it's no longer yeah. a bike. It's a transformer. It's a transformer. It's a, it's a bike in disguise. Man, I feel like I just like I'm learning so much, but you and I have to stop pretending that we actually do things in the real world because we live in the world of technology. So I'm going to kick it to you and ask, why is technology ruining our lives this week? Bring it. It is, it is ruining our lives every single week. I will continue to tell you why it's ruining our lives. Well, one is I thought that the, the topic is really apt currently of live streaming and you and I both live stream. We both have Twitch accounts and YouTube stream accounts and you're you're a Twitch celebrity at this point. For, for, for just, you know, your, your chess.com stuff. And it was actually not super easy to get into, uh, surprisingly, like you have like these setups and OBS and like all these other, you know, hardware mm -hmm. stuff. It, it's not easy as you would think. Yeah, no, I, I'm lucky and fortunate because we've got the whole infrastructure of chess.com, you know, supporting me. And so as I, I'm actually, I've surprised myself. One of the things that I've loved most about the opportunities I've had with chess.com is I've, I've become just like very savvy with video and and streaming and and the tech and the sound and the every all the requirements that that go into putting together a really high quality just like home studio and production yeah. production quality stuff and I didn't learn I didn't know any of that and so you know we we've we've been able to manage the budget and I have help from people that are more um, versed in that stuff than me. And so it's, it's been really, it's been easier for me, I think, than other people because of that support. But yeah, it is, it can be all consuming. There's always ways to upgrade and do new things for your streaming. Yeah. It's interesting. And then as you kind of look at these platforms that are slowly kind of making live streaming available to everyone, like Facebook right. has one, YouTube has one, there are totally positives and negatives about this. Why I really think that this could kind of ruin our lives in a way. First positive though, is, April the giraffe, uh, giraffe watch 2017. Have you been, did you watch this? I did not actually, but I, I, I didn't watch either, either thing that we were, we were going to discuss today. So I can't wait for you to educate me. So April, the giraffe is a giraffe that is 15 years old, uh, pregnant, was pregnant. Now prime has, age, has a prime age, prime prime age. Prime. surprisingly, I learned so much about giraffes from April, the giraffe. So animal adventure park, which is a, um, is a park in New York live streamed since February, actually, um, April's cage, 
they were going to live stream the birth. And it was actually surprisingly pretty slow starts until mm-hmm. about like March. And then there was like some hubbub with like some rights groups and YouTube took down their stream and put it back up. But when it happened, so at its peak in the beginning of April, there were at a single time nearly 8 million people watching the stream and it's during crazy. The, which is crazy during the live birth nearly 15 million people tuned in to watch this little healthy baby boy um on YouTube live all in all in 65 days 232 million live views of April the giraffe she was the most popular giraffe that I've ever known it became the fifth fifth fastest channel to 200 million views um, usually like the only people that have gone through that is like Lady Gaga. You know what I mean? It's just, it is, it's just insane. And and you're right. It is the celebration of what technology can and hopefully mm-hmm. would only do as far as bringing people together. And like, I mean, what is it? It's like a platform that provides a whole group of people that will never meet the chance to experience like, you know, the miracle of life together. It's just yeah. amazing when you think about that part of technology. That's it's fascinating. It's mind boggling. I learned so much about giraffes, like actually the average age of a giraffe, like the average lifespan is 15 years, but in captivity, nearly 20, 25 years. This is her fourth kid. Uh, Oliver was the five-year-old that impregnated her. The Their gestation period of birth is like nearly 13 to 15 months. Anyways, I learned so much. It was so interesting. I thought it was super cool. So this is something that isn't really ruining our lives because I had friends over. We would just turn on April in the background. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that now our technology is out there. And people are using it for bad stuff too. So April the giraffe, thumbs up to Animal Adventure Park doing the right thing. But, you know, things can go awry when you give anyone the ability with a cell phone, with anything to live stream, do whatever they want. Because people are people and they're, and some people aren't good people. And it's actually super sad. And I won't go too far into it. But there have been, you know, some crimes that occur live, like on Facebook live stream. And the reason thing is in my hometown of Cleveland, someone like live streamed like a homicide, them killing someone. Like that is absolutely mind-boggling to me. And if people are watching, like you need to report this stuff, right? Like you can't just be a silent observer to this. Uh, I believe they caught uh, the guy now at this point, but he was on the run um, and is actually crazy because you learn about this stuff so fast on Twitter. That's where I get my news is on Twitter. And it blew up, you know what I mean? And the thing is like these companies need to work together you know, if this is happening there, there, there has to be some way for them to, I, I don't know how you, you, how it's possible actually to alert the authorities under circumstances like this, but it, you're right. I mean, that's, this isn't the first time too, right? Obviously it's mm-hmm. sad and it was in your hometown, but of course we know that with all the things that were happening, I feel like more so last year with a lot of the, the cop shootings and then the different stuff. And then also it was very useful because in some ways hmm. the power that it gives the people to be able to catch things when there was, you know, corrupt stuff going on and you saw some of the police brutality and, and, and you yeah. were shocked by some of the things that were caught in undercover fashion. So it's like, where do you draw the line? And is there a possible balance to have this stuff available and, and, um, have restraint around this stuff. And I don't know. I mean, the only way to really do it is to require certain levels of authentication. It goes down to like, it's like a gun control issue, right? It's like you have to authenticate that somebody is mentally stable before they're allowed to have a personal live stream. I mean, that sounds crazy, but, but why not? Right. Or, or maybe you can't do that. That's crazy. There's no way. So it's like, this is, it's so sad. And, and really like, it, it does ask you, 
the it's not it's not funny at all but it re- does remind me of the ironic and hilarious humor of Silicon Valley I don't know if you saw that episode where mm-hmm. the guy right they're there to do something else and the guy falls down the cliff and then he's live streaming his the you know, eagle or whatever right yeah, like, he's, like the eagle yeah. he's, li- he's live streaming his his entrapment though because he's trapped right and he mm-hmm. and he's dying and you have all these people tuning in because this guy traps himself on a live stream and it's it was hilarious the the circumstances of the show, but also you know not far from the truth at all in regards to people will watch it rather than, um, yeah, re- report it. Rather than if report you, it. If you see something, say something. That's what I've always said. I read it all the time, and it's true. You know, you got to do stuff. And so I think that the streaming technology is super good. I think that there's you know any any technology can be used for bad stuff, but I think we can do our part. My 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 heart goes out to any of the families affected by anything like this in general. You know, you never want to see it, but. Um, I think it'll just bring more awareness to the, these, and I hope that the platforms can kind of work together. Cause you know, the live streaming, I mean, it really, really revolutionized, you know, even like I look at chess or I look at league of legends and I do stuff like it really has revolutionized whole industries, game mm-hmm. industries, chess industries, yep. um, to really manipulate. I mean, this is a huge outlet for you to go on and teach people about chess, to review chess, to see chess live and for people to interact with you. And it's so cool. I love it, but I hope it doesn't ruin our lives. That's always my takeaway: is that it may be ruining our lives, but I hope it doesn't ruin our lives. I hope that no. I think I think you're right. I think yeah. that's the right. I, it may be ruining our lives. We may be watching it happen, but we hope it doesn't. And I think you're right. If you see something, say something. That's a great. Yep. That goes on. A, first of all, a bumper stick, a bumper sticker, and a T-shirt. I want that ASAP. If you see something, say something. Because um, first of all, from from a perspective, as this grows, I wonder if at a certain point, people that do see something and don't say something might not not necessarily be accountable, but in some ways, you wonder like how often can you let that happen? You know. Yeah. Anyway, I think we could talk about that. But thanks for thanks for sharing the April the Giraffe story, and I do believe you're inspiring. If you see something, say something. We'll be on a shirt in no time. Exactly. But at the same time, like I said, you know, live streaming chess is super awesome. But as we all know, does chess really even matter? It doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And it brings us to our next, mo- the most fun segment of the show is what what is going on in the chess world today that nobody really cares about. You uh, you asked me to share you with some stuff that we were working on. So, um, so what did you think of that video that showed me kind of walking around and playing, you know, 50 people at once, which, by the way, I think my max ever simul, someone asked me after that video, I the max I ever played was, it was a 300 board simul. So there were 300 boards, but... But it, it was even worse than that because during the time there were, I was young and I was I had just broken the record for youngest chess master in Arizona history and I was hired to do this simul at a big event, and as people were losing, they were just getting up and new new people were sitting down, mm, so oh it was wow. just going forever. So at the end, somebody told me I had played more than five hundred boards. Holy crap, that's crazy. And it went like six and a half plus hours. It was nuts Whoa. and um, abusive and. Um, but what did you, what do you think of that video? Does that even impress you? You kind of know chess masters can do that, but what is it? What's interesting about that to you? I, I don't know. I mean, I was talking last week about how you were kind of reading the moves on chess.com and when you're doing it, you, you're already moving it and you already know where the other person's moving. This was interesting because it was, uh, for like 50 kids, I think it was a ch- chess yep. kid, um, com, I think one. And I called it Danny crushes 50 children's dreams. But uh, at the end of it was my favorite part, by the way, like you standing there 50 wins or whatever. But It was cool because (laughs) you get up and you're on top of these tables and giving giving like a really inspiring 
talk to these these kids that are learning chess and are about to play an international chess master like how one how cool is that for them um and then you go around and you're not just like going and moving you stop and like you'll give some uh feedback to each each kid as they're going around and you can watch this whole thing in about eight minutes as you crush 50 kids dreams and this is my favorite quote what i really liked because there was some voiceovers that you probably did on you know the team did on purpose which was this kid's sitting there and you have to set up the predicament of, of what it was, but he had a lot of pieces behind you. He said, these guys are at home with their feelings hurt because you didn't invite them. Right. That was like my favorite quote. Well, it's, it's a funny phrase that like I picked up over time from teaching so many kids, you know, private lessons in the schools and whatever. And it's very difficult for kids to, you know, it's their, you know, satisfaction, immediate satisfaction oriented, both in their personalities, but on the chessboard, it reflects the same way as kids are sort of, uh, Im- immature and they'll focus on on just whatever area of the board is holding their attention at the moment, a quick attack, or the, we call it hope chess. You play a move hoping your opponent does what you want them to do so you'll win, and that just doesn't ever happen and you lose. So we say things like, don't play hope chess, and um, and in this case, it's a funny thing that I just, I think I picked up from some random coach years ago, and I've used it a lot, which is just, you know, you're, you're, the chess board is a party, and if you don't invite all your friends you know, they're at home and, uh, and they're, they're, they're feeling certain the, the more abusive way I've done it. The more Russian method I've done it is you just walk by the board and you just take those pieces off and they look at you and you go, well, you weren't using them. So I figured I could have them. Oh man. You know? So that's the more like abusive way to get the kids to realize that if oh. you're not going to use all your pieces, you're not going to win a chess game. But obviously in that environment, and I have to give a shout out because that environment for anybody who does check out the video um, the, 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 what's going on right now with the billionaire benefactor who wishes to remain anonymous and, uh, Jeff Bullington and the investment that's being made into Franklin County and the chess program, mm-hmm. it was on 60 minutes. So some people may have already seen it. Um, but that, that simul I did with them, they, they brought me out there and they wanted to create that environment to show these kids who have, they literally live on the river and they're in, it, the level of poverty, I think, sometimes in a rural a rural poverty situation is so so much more extreme to me than urban poverty situations without resources and, and th- anything to contact when you're talking about somebody who lives on the river and has maybe met 12 people and they're 13 years old. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy to think about. And I don't even know that 60 Minutes really did that aspect of how mind-blowing and how great this chess program is for these kids in Franklin County. So I was – fortunate and uh and humbled to be there they brought me in it was a lot of fun we did we did all kinds of i did a blindfold simul i did that big simul and you're right the video did come across in the end as if i was like gloating for winning 50 with that was not the intention i was hoping someone would beat you so bad that'd be so great that's so funny though i we need to change the ending there it's too late now once it's on youtube it's on youtube you can't change that's the rule if, if it's in the show it's in the show that's right so so that was the main thing that was uh, going on in the chess world over the last couple of weeks was, one, this 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 Franklin County chess program was featured on 60 Minutes. If you missed it, just Google it, Franklin it's County in the show 60 notes, Minutes. In fact. It's in the show um, notes. Or, there you go. It's in I the show it. notes. I watched the whole thing. What's crazy is I didn't – yeah, I didn't get – that didn't come across to me because I've been – I lived in Mississippi for a year growing up, and there was parts that are definitely like that. And what's interesting is – you know, chess isn't that expensive to get into. It's not quite like soccer where you just need a ball and right. that's in a field, but you, 
you can get a chessboard and that's all you need. Like you can buy a $10 chessboard. It's more of right? a culture thing. It's like, if no. it doesn't exist, it doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. You only know what you know. And like people in that, in that environment, they don't even know it's like chess isn't a thing, mm. you know? So I think that even though the re- let's say the physical materials you're right are very little and it's not an expensive sport in that sense where baseball or golf, you're buying a ton of materials or that the kids need. Yeah. Um, but, but football and it. baseball, those things are yeah. king there in Franklin yeah. County because that's what the kids know. That makes sense. So that was anyway, cool. but that was, was fun. Video. Thanks for bringing that up, and thanks for uh, making me realize that I did come across as a as a as a gloating gloating pos for destroying these kids' dreams. But that was not the intention. It was actually a lot of fun. Classic Danny. Classic Danny. Classic me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a jerk even when I don't try to be, which is kind of I am kind of embracing that. It's kind of cool. It was cool. And then there, there was, you did a bunch of other, you or you sent me one other video that was like five hours long and you're like, here, watch this. And I go, okay. <laughs> yeah. I just figured like, you had five hours. Just this is the speed chess stuff that you were talking about last right. week, right? Yeah. So the, the speed chess championship is, is like the world championship for online chess. I've already said that, but it's, it's getting set to start in May where you're going to have the best chess players on the planet playing in these blitz matches, mono e mono, like heavyweight fighters. Um, and and right now this month is is these series of qualifiers so that the so that these top grandmasters can qualify to play and and I sent you one video mainly just to show you the end because that we had an absolutely insane ending where uh, I don't I can't even get into it right now but it led to an Armageddon game which means one game winner take all it's like literally like dodgeball <laughs> where you talk about at the end of the Dodger movie where they're like sudden death dodgeball like is this happening it's insane so for chess fans for all of us who want to geek out about about chess check out the uh, the ending of the speed chess championship qualifier because it was. It was nutty. It was oh nutty. I'll, I'll watch it. Don't worry. I have a whole week now to watch, it, and then we can talk about it next week again. Because um, it, it, it stuff like that is super cool. When I watch the speed chess stuff, and just even the blitz, like when I watch you blitz and you you do the live stream, it's bananas to watch. Because you know me when I play a normal game of chess or even mastermind. If I play mastermind, right, and it's like you got endless. When you have endless time, you have all the time to think about it and do this thing and do that thing. But when you got like two minutes or three minutes or a minute, I don't know what is the blitz. The one minute, the one minute one is crazy. I don't even know how you yeah, play. That's, that's a bullet, and that's um, oh, that's brutal. That's a brutal honestly, bullet. It's nuts. It's nuts, and it's so much fun because it's like a train wreck waiting to happen in every mm-hmm. game, and the best players in the world make blunders, and so it's it's fun, and it is it is sort of the future of chess. Maybe not bullet, but rapid chess, and and, and in its purest form, where players are really well prepared and so it, it makes everybody happy it makes the high level fans happy because they're seeing these guys take rapid chess with big money really seriously in the speed chess championship they're not just you know logging on that day in their pajamas and and screwing around online for a few hours like there's actually thousands and thousands of dollars uh, you know um at stake for just a couple hours of blitz so these guys take it very seriously so the high level fans are always impressed by the quality of play i'm impressed by the quality of play that magnus carlson and hikaru nakamura and these guys can do but then the the casual fans are never bored they're just entertained and i think um, we do yeah. a good job with the commentary but it's also like they feel like like holy shenanigans like what is this is this happening this fast that person can think like that so i think it's hard sometimes you can't you can only wrap so many ribbons around the same elephant and chess is an elephant in the room in the sense that it's difficult to follow for people that don't ha- have a history in the game and they don't know certain things. It's People forever made the comparison to me, which I had to always shoot them down when they would say that 
when's chess going to have its poker moment? When's chess going to have its poker moment and get on TV? Chess on TV, bro. Get chess on TV like poker. And here's the one thing. Like, the thing that changed poker forever and, and has made it what it is is that the invention of the pocket cam gave the viewer mm. more power than the professional. Yeah. Suddenly, the viewer was able to say, holy shenanigans, Phil Ivey doesn't know that Phil Helmuth has this pocket aces. He doesn't yep. know he's got him on the three jacks and the t- whatever, right? So as soon as you gave the viewers more power and more knowledge than the professional, you added drama that can't be replicated with chess in the sense that, like, you just are never going to know as much as Magnus Carlsen does. And chess is so much harder to do that. But for the record, I don't want to reveal any more, but I will say that chess.com is working on a in an awesome technology and way to deliver chess and an experience that does in many ways with the power of engines. We're going to go just inside of Magnus's the, mind. Yeah, exactly. That will kind of help this. Um no, I mean seriously, that's actually not yeah. that far away. So I think that I think that there are a lot of potential aspects and avenues that we will pursue to help make chess more relatable to the casual yeah. fan. Um, but it doesn't need to be poker. It just needs to continue to do something that makes people excited and 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 you know see that you know chess has all the cognitive benefits inherently in it. So all we need to do is get people into it and then let the game take care of the rest. And then as you get the names out there, right? The names of these big. Once you have like a spectacle of it, like I think the the championship of chess, the the world championship that we watch, and and like I had all my coworkers on Slack, and like we we're all tuning in. Like when it gets to that level where even the the casual fan is like, oh, I'm about to watch like the world championship of chess. Like who says that? Like I said that I was so excited about it. I, I was, I was literally when the, uh, when it, it just makes you excited when things are happening and people, you get these names in your head and, and you want to naturally watch them. And what I liked about the breakdowns, and that's why I actually, I didn't actually watch any of the them live. I just watched all your breakdowns because you would break it down over an hour and I learned so much, but you had those tickers, like the, not the tickers, but the, the computer telling you the statistics of the next moves and the ups and downs. And I thought that was a good first step because in my mind, right. I'm a statistical person. I'm a math person. Right. And I, I could see the ups and downs and like, oh, these moves versus those moves. I know that's right. a highly debate. Some people hate that, but I liked it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a good first step. Well, I'm glad to hear that because that's exactly the kind of thing we'd like to do. And then some, right? Highlighting yeah. almost with like heat sensors on the board oh, and different, cool. different cool stuff we want to do to really make people feel mm-hmm. like they're following the game. Um, and can see things coming before Magnus does. The moment you can add the drama of an amateur can watch and see something coming before Magnus Carlsen does is the moment you have you have people hooked because I think we've done a lot of other things to to add drama, make it more exciting. It's not so slow, but yeah. Anyway, it makes you feel like you're part of it. You know, and that's what you right. want to feel. Yeah. And that's what you want people to feel and um the other thing you want people to feel is a part of your life. So I understand you're, you said you're going to watch it when you get back. So that means you're finally going to get off to Cuba here soon. I'm off, baby. It's going. It's happening. We got our visas. We got the documentation. I got one bag. I got all the Airbnbs booked. I'm super excited. Uh, the next time we talk, I will be back from Cuba for the, the Cuba 2017. How did it go as an American? It'll be you know. Cuba 2017. And then we'll have to ask... You know, where's Matsov next? Right now, we, the question to where Matsov is off to, it's still Cuba. So, so I can't Cuba. wait to hear. I can't wait to hear about Cuba. Will he be able to come home? That's the question. I mean, you know what? That's that's the best is to go somewhere where you have that gamble on the line. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but I mean, right? I mean, I, I, I want to go somewhere where I don't know what the future holds for me. At least I fantasize about that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's probably because I know that my future as soon as we're done with this show is to go home and, you know, change a diaper and stress about the soccer practice that I have to figure out next next week. So, oh, yeah, sounds lovely. like, I mean, so sometimes your future just makes you want to have a different future. But <laughs> oh, my God, that, that's a great way to end this show. Right? <laughs> sometimes your future makes you want to have a different future. But, uh, you know, I don't think predicting the future is that hard if you're just willing to tell yourself the honest, cynical, jaded truth of what's around your corner, not. Not like, you know, you're hoping for something. Don't play hope chess. Don't play hope life. Instead, play cynical life. Expect the best move coming from your opponent and know that it's it's not going to make a difference. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There you have it. Well, there you go. This has been Coffeehouse Blunders this week. I'm James Montemagno. You can find me on the Twitterverse at James Montemagno. Um, you can find the show at blunders.fm, the best domain name ever created. Blunders.fm. Where they can find you, Danny? They can find me on Twitter at Daniel Wrench, Facebook at Daniel Wrench, just.com, Daniel Wrench. I pretty much went with that whole, hey, stick with one name thing. I, I you know, it's a good name. Uh, so, so pretty much anywhere if you Google. And uh, I, I like, I like to think that on Twitter is where I'm actively posting thoughts, but I don't post nearly as many things as I, as I think, because most of those things would not be PG. And I, you know, I have to hold back. So, um, I feel like it's, it's like if you want chess. Follow Danny Wrench. That's if right. If you want, want, if you want, don't don't follow me for anything but that. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> if you want, like tech and mobile and on occasional a spare Mott's moment of his mind, right? And some Cuba. There you go. At James Mott. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> All right. Well, this, this is, is uh, this is this has been fun. I can't I can't even wait to hear about this trip from Cuba, and uh, we'll see it. We'll see you next week, everybody. All right. Till next time. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>